This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condes Presley, and this week we begin by calling your attention to a great opportunity, a great opportunity to help feed our community. A little later in the show, we're going to talk about job opportunities for young people, but first, we're going to visit with some of our local mail carriers. As you know, each year, the U.S. Postal Service and the National Association of Letter Carriers sponsor a nationwide food drive to benefit community food banks. Last year, over 300,000 pounds of food were collected by our local letter carriers and brought to post offices by Atlanta area residents in support of our communities. On the program, we want to welcome the Georgia State Food Drive Coordinator. She visited with us this time last year, uh, hailing out of uh, Roswell, Eileen Ford. Welcome. Also with us is Teray Reed, who is a City of Atlanta letter carrier, union steward, working on the campaign this year. And then also <laughs> Stephanie Matthews. She is an Atlanta uh, letter carrier, local union number 73. She is the Atlanta local coordinator for this food drive. I love how we're talking about, about this with the ladies. <laughs> All right. <laughs> because who runs the world, as Beyonce says? Girls. That's right. <laughs> so, Eileen, tell us about the drive this year. I, I mentioned that you guys had great success last year. Yes, we did. 300,000 pounds of food collected. That's yep. awesome. Statewide, it was 1.3 million. Whoa. So, yeah, it was very successful. Um, we're hoping to surpass that this year. That's what our goal is every year. We want to make sure we can feed more and more people as we uh, do this nationwide. Uh, here in the state of Georgia, we've been very successful. We've had a lot of help um, from our sponsors. We've got the premier sponsor, which is the United Food and Commercial Workers, but we also have our sponsorships through the Postal Service, uh, the AFL-CIO, VALPAC, uh, National uh, the National Rural Letter Carrier Association, as well as United Way and Velasquez. So we've got a lot of support, and we greatly benefit from that. Ms. Reed, the drive is on Saturday, May 12th. What are you asking the people on your route and every uh, homeowner to do on that day? Well, we would like for everyone to please put their donations out, non-perishables, at their mailboxes. I would like to see them either hanging from their post or in their mailbox so we can see them. Sometimes if they're on the ground, we may miss them. But if they can just all participate, it is greatly appreciated. And, you know, we just have to think about the children. After Thanksgiving, after Christmas, a lot of the food pantries are depleted. So we would like to see them all just try to participate, especially during summertime as well when the kids are out of school. So Stephanie Matthews, Ms. Reed said no perishable. So what sort of things are, are easiest for the letter carriers to manage as you drop off our mail and then fill up your trucks with what we don't? We uh, mostly get canned goods. Anything they want to put out, we'll take it. And we separate it at the food bank. Now, how are you guys helping us, Eileen, to remember that on Saturday, May 12th, we want to go in the pantry, find some non-perishable goods, and then leave them hanging on our mailbox or up high so that our letter carriers can see our donations that day? What we're doing right now, about a week before the drive, um, you'll start. customers will start seeing postcards being delivered to their mailboxes. Kind of that's the first indicator that, hey, this is coming. This is going. Please prepare. Um, then uh, in some areas, there will also be bags available, made available to the customers, delivered. Um, not all areas get the bags, but the majority of them do. And I know City of Atlanta will definitely have bags. Um, there's some outlying areas here in the area that will have them as well. But that's the second reminder that the food drive's coming May 12th. 
Now, why do you ladies get involved in this project in addition above and beyond your normal work each and every day as one of our dependable letter carriers? Well, for my office in Marietta, we like to get involved because we like to see people that are un- probably don't have food like they should, healthy items for their children. We like to see everyone fed properly. As a matter of fact, I know that whenever I have members from the Atlanta Community Food Bank visit, we talk about the growing number of of people in this community who encounter food emergencies every day. And, and Teray, while you talk about the homeless people in our community who have needs, there are also people who are are the working poor in our community, folks who are going to work Mm -hmm. every day and still are having to make those really difficult decisions. Absolutely. The food bank is also for those people that don't make the ends meet. And uh, you can go to the food bank, the Atlanta food go to the Atlanta Community Food Bank. And also what I wanted to mention for those people that live in apartments. Yeah. We don't necessarily put the cars and the bags in in the apartments. What we are asking those people to do is uh, to take the food to their leasing office, leave the bags of food in the leasing office, and we will come in the leasing office and pick that food up. So it's participation for everybody. We would like everybody to participate. If you don't have food, donate some money to your uh, food banks. Anybody, just donate what you have. Eileen, why is this a critically important cause to the National Association of Letter Carriers? Well, as letter carriers, we're out there in our communities every day. We see what's going on. We see our customers, and we look out for them. And this is all part of that. As letter carriers, we want to make sure that our customers are being serviced. And to us, this is a community service that we do for them. The governor has issued a proclamation for you guys, uh, National Letter Carrier Food Drive Day. The governor writes, whereas... On the second Saturday of May each year, letter carriers across the country collect non-perishable food items and donate the items to local food banks as part of the nation's largest one-day food drive. And whereas an estimated 12% of American households in the United States may experience food insecurity in any given year, After recognizing the need to address this critical issue, members of the National Association of Letter Carriers created the Stamp Out Hunger Food Drive. And whereas since 1993, the NALC Stamp Out Hunger Food Drive has generated approximately 1.6 billion pounds of donated food and distributed those donations to more than 10,000 cities in all 50 states, the District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, the Virgin Islands, and Guam. Last year, as you said, nationally, NALC collected more than 70 million pounds of food. And whereas this year marks the 26th anniversary of the food drive, which will take place on Saturday, May 12th, Georgia citizens are encouraged to participate by placing non-perishable food items next to their mailboxes or in their leasing offices. And whereas food insecurity remains an important concern for our state and our nation, on National Letter Carrier Food Drive Day, we recognize the commitment of letter carriers to their communities and support their efforts to alleviate hunger and provide support to others. Now, therefore, I, Nathan Deal, Governor of the State of Georgia, do hereby proclaim May 12, 2018, as National Letter Carrier Food Drive Day in Georgia. It's nice to have the governor support of your event, isn't it? Absolutely. And again, so 26 years you guys have been doing this. Yep. I think we get to the point where we hope that one day you don't have to do this drive. You're right. Right. That would be our goal. But we're not there yet. No, not yet. we're not. I've been doing it now I, for about 20 years. And it's, it's, it's satisfying to me 
to know that we're out there collecting this food and helping people eat. I never went hungry, you know, but I know there's a lot of people out there that don't eat every day, and you see it every day. So I don't, I don't mind donating my time, collecting the food, going out to the food bank, sorting the food, and making sure people eat. You know, that's what it's all about. Is there too much someone can leave for you guys to pick up? No. No, it's never no, too much. No, never too much. No. <laughs> no. As a matter of fact, you want to ride back in the you know at the end of at the end of your run and have more food coming in than you had mail coming out, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it is yeah. the toughest day of the yeah. year for letter carriers. It really, really, truly is. But it's also the most satisfying day. It is. You know, that's part of our jobs. This is us giving back to the community and our customers. You know, they they mean everything to us. And without them, we we would not be as successful as we are. So now how does this work for your brethren who walk a route? Because, I mean, there's still some neighborhoods and communities where letter carriers are walking and delivering mail. So what do, you, what do we do for what do those, those homes do? Well, I know in Atlanta what they do, they'll send a different carrier in those areas just to pick up the food. You know, they'll pick up the food first, and a regular carrier goes by and continue to deliver the mail. Outstanding. So we've yeah. got a red, a red postcard you guys should be looking for in the next week or so in your mail. Fill a bag, help feed families. Bag healthy, non-perishable food placed by the mailbox for your letter carrier for delivery to local food banks and pantries. I love also how the the, the letter, the, the postcard here is uh, it's bilingual. It's also in Espanol. So yep. there is no mm-hmm. excuse for people to participate, correct? Absolutely. No excuse at all. <laughs> we make it easy, as easy as we can for you. We would also, if you want to volunteer, you can also call your local post office mm-hmm. and they will let you know who your local contact is for your food pantries, and you can also go there and volunteer. Because we have volunteers in our office. Our coordinator is Danny Gasly, and he's been there over 34 years, and he is amazing. His family comes out. They all come out all day. He takes that day off, and he takes annual leave. He doesn't, you know, charge it to the post office. So we would like to thank him and his family for coming out and volunteering. So volunteers come out after all the food is collected and help you sort it? Is that what you're saying? You could use help well, doing? Well, for yes. our office, yes, yes. we do have um, – the coordinator does bring his family, and they all come out and they sort the food. We don't even have to take it out of our trucks. They unload our trucks and everything. Oh, that's wonderful. So let's reset for everybody one more time exactly what it is we're asking our audience to do on Saturday, May 12th. Eileen. We're asking them to donate any non-perishable items such as cereal, oatmeal, canola oil, um, spaghetti sauce, things that are canned, not in a glass. Um also, um, vegetables, canned again, any of those type of non-perishable items is what we're looking for. Um, customers get so generous. I mean, there will be bags and bags sometimes of cereals, uh, macaroni cheese, uh, anything you can think of. Okay, so, so here, for example, I always think I don't have flour for biscuits, and, I've, and it's all not expired. So we mm-hmm. don't want anybody leaving in any right, expired. Right, non-expired, right. absolutely. But, and it's all still very good, but I, I know right now I've got three in my pantry. So I can keep one and give two to you, correct? There you go. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Thank you. Because I'm sure we have listeners out there who are notorious for not exactly checking the pantry shelves before you go to the market, thinking that I'm out of this and then coming home and discovering, oh, 
I already have a couple. Right. And you want to make sure, too, that these items that are donated are um, not expired because the pantries, they do go through these and they they have to keep up with what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. That's right. If you're not going to eat it, please don't try and feed it to somebody else. Exactly. Yeah. Well, ladies, we want to say thank you very much for your service. We, again, want to encourage the audience to fill a bag, help feed a family on Saturday, May 12th. It is the 26th annual Stamp Out Hunger National Letter Carriers Food Drive. All you got to do, if you're an apartment dweller, leave it at the leasing office. And if you're in a home, just leave it at the mailbox, up high preferably. Make sure your letter carrier will see it. And ladies and all of the men and women of the United States Postal Service who, who do the jobs that you do each and every day, we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Last year, our high school graduation rate was just above 80%. Sounds pretty good. Hopefully, this year, we will see another increase. But in the meantime, Georgia has many young people who are not in school, they're not pursuing degrees, and they're not working. And there are reasons why, and that's what we're going to talk about here in the next few minutes. Our guest is Amy Lancaster. She is the Director of Workforce Development at the Metropolitan Atlanta Chamber of Commerce. And on May 3rd, there is a hiring fair and forum here in the city to help these young people. And Amy, thanks for coming by to talk to us about such an important and critical subject in our community. Oh, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. So when we talk about opportunity youth, what do we mean by that? So those are um, youth that are 16 to 24 years old. And like you mentioned, they are neither in school nor working. And so they, we, as the business community needs them to be either in training or in jobs. So um, the 100,000 Opportunities Fair does that, helps them connect to opportunities, um, either direct jobs or the necessary training to get into jobs. 78,000 people in this age demo who aren't doing anything right now? Yes, that's a lot. That's a lot of untapped talent there. Um, and there's they need some resources to get into to be part of the talent pool. But yes, that's a lot. That's about 10% of that age group in the metro area. What are some of the reasons behind why this pop, this percentage of our population isn't in school, isn't in college, isn't working? So I, I think, well, one, there's a multitude of reasons. Um, some is the they come from low-income families, and um, they don't have the resources to go into college but may not have had the right training in high school to get into the workforce either. Um, at, a, at a very high level, the way our education system is structured, just like most everywhere, it's based on um, pathway completion and degree attainment, which are, are great things. They're important, but they don't necessarily have anything to do with getting a job. It's implied, but it's not always directly correlated to getting a job. Talk a little bit more about that. So like the the way schools are measured for success, it is the graduation rate. That's important. But we've got a lot of students that are that in that 78,000 that did get a degree, a high school degree, but they're still not working. So is that really the only measure of success? Um, and so when we are looking at it at a, at a big macro level, making sure that students can support themselves should be part of that measure of success, right? Um, and so I think that when you look at it 
a little bit longer term, you start to, to weave different things and prioritize different types of training in education um, and maybe make things more of an applied learning process like the um, career and technical education courses do um, that are directly aligned with workforce. What impact does someone's immigration status if they fall in this population of 78,000 people in Metro Atlanta who are not working? What impact does that have on that person's ability to find work, get a job, do what? I think that's just an added barrier. I mean, there's disadvantages already, and I think that just um, compounds the issue for them, unfortunately. So tell me about this Atlanta Opportunity Fair and Forum. I'm really excited about this, both personally and professionally. Um, I think, you know, on the professional side, business needs more people in the workforce with the right training, the right skills. And they also, you know, the traditional process has left out a lot of people, the recruiting process. And so this provides a, a way of tapping talent that these businesses may not have otherwise considered. Um, and then for the opportunity youth, I think this um, having this fair provides it's more than just a job fair for them. It's a really uplifting experience because it, it meets them where they are and helps them on the spot with what they need to get into that job. Talk more about that. So it's providing access and connections to additional services. So there will be up to 1,800 um, people hired on the spot, which is, really? and they've worked with employers so that they can make that possible and they can do immediate hiring. But in addition to that, that for the, for those folks that don't get jobs on the spot, they're connected to additional services they may need to get them ready. Right. So, or they'll do resume review on the spot, mock interviews on the spot. They have a, a, a closet there to help make sure they're dressed and they feel good and they look professional. So, I mean, these are important things that are, are very personal to those individuals and so that they are pumped up and energized and hopeful. And I think that's really, that's my personal side coming out, that hopeful piece. And um, then there will be follow-up work. So it's, it's, it's not like if you don't get a job today, they're going to continue to support you through the process. And I think that is, um, that's important for our region as a whole for the people, our citizens, but as well as the businesses. So who are the candidates that we're looking for that we want to have come out to the World Congress Center on May 3rd from 9 to 3? So they're 16 to 24 years old, and they're not working nor in school. So that's... We need all... not. I mean, we'd love to have all 78,000 come out, um, but if we can't get all 78,000, we'll be happy to help whoever comes. And how is that person best prepared to take advantage of the resources and the services that will be offered? So if they register for the site, um, they can go to 100kopportunities.org slash Atlanta. Um, when they register, they can also find the workshops. There are lots of workshops that the WorkSource community, all the different community providers are putting on to help people get ready for this job fair so that they have the best chance of being one of the those 1,800 that gets a job on site. That gets a job on site. So when you talk about somebody being prepared, we want you to sign up so you have an idea, expectation of what the crowd's going to be. Mm -hmm. Who are some of the recruiters, some of the businesses that are going to be there offering on-site job opportunities? So there are um, 50 companies that are participating. Um, Arby's, Atlanta Braves, Bank of America, um, Chipotle, Mexican Grill, um, CVS Health, FedEx, First Step Staffing, Nordstrom, Five Guys, Georgia World Congress Center. That's where we're having the event, and they have fallen in love with the 
the concept and are, are going to actually be one of the hiring folks. Um, Walmart, Ulta Beauty, um, World of Coke, Papa John's, Pizza Hut. There's a you can find a whole list um, on on the website. And what kind of jobs are these organizations prepared to offer? Are they minimum wage, entry level positions? Give me an idea of, of what. I'm trying to manage expectations for folks who are listening who may know somebody who needs a job Mm -hmm. and doesn't know where to go to get one. And we want to make sure that they show their best when they come out. So there's a mixture of jobs. So, yes, definitely some are um, entry level, um, minimum wage. All are, I would say, entry level. Not all are are minimum wage. Some of them are higher than that. And some of them lead to career pathways within the organization, which is really cool. Um, So like some of the FedEx jobs, we know that people have started there and then moved their way up after um, starting through the 100K Opportunity Program. Now, tell us a little bit more about this initiative, because I was told it was last in, somewhere in Texas before it came to Atlanta, and you guys have had some great success with it, correct? Yes, and, and I will say that, you know, Atlanta um, has done a lot of pre-work on the system side to, to make this successful here, and... Um, the process, they have done this in other cities, like you mentioned, um, Dallas, um, Phoenix, Chicago, Seattle, D.C. I think D.C. was the one that was just before us. Um, so we're a little bit competitive, and I'm hoping that we blow all those others out of the water. So if you're one of those 78,000 people, please come out <laughs> um, so we can show them how Atlanta does it. But, um, yes, they have had success. They started the program in 2015 with the goal of um, 100,000 jobs, getting 100,000 thousand um, opportunity youth placed in jobs and they exceeded that goal within the first um, I think like a year and a half so now the new goal is one million jobs so um, it's been a, a fabulous program and it also for individuals it's great those opportunity youth it's been um, a wonderful program but I think for the employers too, providing um, connection to this employer driven type of strategy um, and connecting employers to a, a, a peer group that is able to work with this um, group of young people and incorporate them into their business and help bring them up. So this is the sort of thing where a corporation knows that it has a need for workers in various locations in Metro Atlanta, in various job descriptions in Metro Atlanta. And it by working with the chamber, by being a part of this initiative and this opportunity, uh, fair and form on May 3rd, it's like a great, lack of a better way to describe it, crowdsourcing a number of candidates who can then immediately be hired and trained and placed where there's an immediate need as opposed to the random help wanted sign in the window of a particular store someplace looking for this, that, or the other. Yes, yes. And then the ongoing work um, that happens will be an ongoing resource for employers that want to connect with the program as well as opportunity youth that want to connect with the program. And how do they do that? So there'll be, um, it's the same 100kopportunities.org slash Atlanta for the after the fair. Um, And we'll have information on um, opportunity youth connections as well as employer connections. So for the employer side, the the Metro Atlanta Chamber is going to host the ongoing work. And we're Super, 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 super thrilled about that. So um, we are in the very beginning stages, and um, so 
we've got to work on getting all the people in place to service this. So, but they're welcome. The on the employer side, they're welcome to reach out to me at the Metro Atlanta Chamber, and you can find me on their website. Um, and then for the Opportunity Youth, we'll have something set up um, at the day of the fair for ongoing services and how to connect and working on getting a designated person to be that point of contact. This is going to sound like a really silly question, but even if I have an appearance someplace, one of the first and only things that I worry about, I never worry about what it is I'm going to say or what I'm going to do. I'm always worried about, quite honestly, what am I going to wear? Yeah. And we're talking about people who need opportunities, who face certain barriers, may have that concern. Mm -hmm. What kind of guidance? I mean, you may not have a suit. I may not have an mm-hmm. interview dress. I may not have exactly what I, in my head, I think it is that mm-hmm. I need in order to put my best self forward. But that still doesn't tap all the talent that, as you've right. said, is inside the person. Or represent so, yeah. the opportunity that that person brings to the table. So so what kind of guidance can we give the folks so that it's like, yeah, okay, so you may not have mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, the latest thing. Right, right. Um, so they do actually have some things available for you at the fair if you don't have anything. It, again, it would be better if you can come dressed, khakis, a dress shirt, and a tie. That would be perfect. Ladies, um, modest skirts or dress pants and a blouse is fine. So, But they, if, if you don't have those things, um, don't not come, okay? Be, just please come and there will be um, – things there to help you, people there to help you. They will have shirts and ties on hand um, if you need to borrow them for the for the day as you go visit all the employers. So um, don't let that stop you. Remind us how to pre-register for the event. It's 100kopportunities.org slash Atlanta. Amy Lancaster, the Director of Workforce Development with the Metropolitan Atlanta Chamber of Commerce, thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, MyAndalusCondo29 on Twitter, or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective.